This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Peaky Pod by Story Archives on the Midnight Exchange Podcast Network, soon to be renamed to a name that you can listen to on prior episodes so that you can boost our analytics and get us to a uh, much higher spot on the Spotify rankings. <laughs> the name will be better. The name will yeah. be better. I'm one half of your host, Mario, alongside... The other half of your host, Zachary. Welcome, yes. everybody. Glad to have the you free- back. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, glad to be back. Uh, thank you, Zach. I appreciate you welcoming me back. Absolutely. Here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's been a minute, right? Yeah. Um, we're a little bit delayed this week. Uh, it's okay, though, all. because next week is going to be way worse. I'm just going to preface that oh, right shit. now. Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, I'm also going to upfront apologize that we have not done any of our prediction episodes. I just don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen you is know, we're just going to say in the last two minutes of this, Here's what we think is going to happen. No, no. What's going to happen is this. Here's exactly what's going to happen. I'll tell you. <laughs> We're going to do one bonus prediction episode, and it's going to be in between episodes five and six. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you full disclosure here. Uh, we both work full time, and I run a production company full time, and I'm in the midst of a, a, a pretty large shoot for a client that I cannot disclose its name. But hey, if you ever want to learn more about my company, I'm going to do a shameless plug and you can go to 1992films.com <laughs> if you'd like to uh, hire Mario to be your uh, creative director slash director of production. Hey, All right, I Zach, like do you want to do any shameless plugs? Yeah, I mean, why not? I actually have a project <laughs> that I'm kicking off this week, so I'm going to be working on it all week next week. Um, but yeah, you can you can visit my website at zacharynewton.com and you know, any anything design development technical stuff related you know let me know if, if for whatever reason you are somebody that likes peaky blinders and then wants to build we something. just we just we lost do like stuff ten, we whatever. lost like 10 10 listeners right now but hey that's the reason we're posting late because of i'm in the middle yeah. of i'm actually at the last week of pre-production and uh and going into production next week so i would say next week we're probably not going to record the episode for episode uh, episode for episode four or mm-hmm. the review of episode four until uh, Wednesday best case scenario posted by Thursday best case scenario or recorded Thursday posting Friday. I have a feeling like it'll the be the worst latter. case scenario. Yeah, I, I it, it might be. It might be. Uh, so, but this is fun. Like this to me is like as long as I'm past things <laughs> I got to do. Like this is fun to hop on. I'll be able to. I'll be drinking by then. So uh, I'll, I'll be drinking like Ada because I mean finally somebody's drinking whiskey in charge in this damn show. I know. I know. She came in. She just demanded it. The, the one thing like missing it. from this season is whiskey. It it's really alcohol. is. I was like, I was so looking forward to just, I mean, I'm drinking it right now, but I got some, uh, got some rye. I was uh, looking okay. forward to drinking some whiskey while we recorded this. And I'm like, where's, where is it? She's washed just water. Well, let me tell you this. It's, uh, I think we're coming into this episode on too much of a high note because this was by far the saddest episode of Peaky Blinders and the existence of Peaky Blinders. 
I even said the moment I saw that episode, I said, Zach, I'm not watching it again. I'm not rewatching <laughs> this thing again. I'm just not. There's no way in hell. Like I'm gonna rewatch this thing again. First and foremost, I didn't even finish the episode Sunday because I was like. I'm not going to go to bed on this note. I just knew the direction this episode was going. Mm. And what the worst part about this episode was is that they psyched you out. You thought you were getting the reemergence of Arthur. Yeah. You thought you were getting Tommy back, like, yeah. you know, organized and whatnot. And it's just like, you did what you had to do, huh? You they just went, pulled the rug out from underneath her yeah, feet. Yeah, they rugged us. They literally, I mean, they killed Ruby. Killed Ruby. Well, yeah. she died. Well, yeah, she so, died, but yeah, she's the, the right. How many more deaths can Tommy possibly <sighs> deal with before he just breaks in this season? I mean, I, I think the last, I don't know. You well, know, Polly already broke him. What's going to happen to him now after Ruby? Well, well, Polly, Polly's death broke him, but we also, or I, you, I, I want to say, had a thought like a. I have many. A, a week, well, yeah, I know, but you you had you, you mentioned something on one of the previous podcasts, and I want to say you were saying that you basically said I think Ruby's going to die, and that's what's going to send him over the edge. I said that. I think you predicted that. I think maybe I have this the the vision, the sight that Polly had because maybe I mean it's definitely except, not Ruby because <laughs> except the green, for the green eyed man got her. Except for my <laughs> wow, you're an asshole. sorry. I'm uh, sorry, it happened. Wow. Anyways, um, I wasn't well, my trying to laugh, but I, ha- I was about to like choke or something. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's just the evil tendencies came. But maybe you're the green eyed man. <laughs> Don't you have green eyes? Oh, shit. Blue. All right. All, right, all right. There you go. Well, look, um, I was going to say something. My Al Capone prediction might be out the window. Oh, it's out well, the we'll window. Talk, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. My freaking <laughs> predictions. Oh, gosh. My predictions are not looking good. Uh, How many uh, bottles of whiskey can you possibly drink? Me? Yeah. At once? <laughs> no, like sure you're not. in general. I no, mean, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, Let's get I into this review. Food. Let's go. Let's get for into it. this recap. I gotta say, I gotta say, we we were wrong about everything when it comes to the naming of these episodes. <laughs> we were yeah, wrong about gold. everything. I'm like, all right, what is it gonna be? Black something? Black? Nope, gold. Okay. Well, you know, I thought there was going to be some sort of tie to Aberama gold in here, but there was none in the episode. I thought maybe the curse that was put on him was by the Furies for Aberama being killed, but uh, I guess not. Um, The episode starts with Lizzie being rushed to the hospital with consumption, which I found odd. What did I call her? You called her Lizzie. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Ruby being rushed to the hospital with uh, tuberculosis, and mm-hmm. um, which is odd because the previous episode I had anticipated that they were going to kind of do gypsy remedies at the house, but I, I understand they went to the hospital to see what was going on with her. Yeah, um, you get a very human moment here where Tommy freaks out. It's his daughter being taken away from him, and uh, he feels he's to blame for for the negative things that are happening to his, yeah. to his Ruby specifically, but to his family to happened to Polly is all these things are his fault and he feels like he's being punished for the bad things he's done there's really like a sense of guilt that Tommy has this season and I wrote a note here under yours that this season just shows Tommy more rattled and unstable than we've ever seen him it's mm-hmm. we've definitely made it a point to show us the chinks in his armor and it's you know it's unsettling 
for a loyal Peaky fan, you know? Yeah. But And it's odd because the first episode he's so put together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we jump to, from the first episode to these second and third one, it's like, this is not the Tommy we're used to. You know, yeah. this is a, he's more broken than I feel comfortable seeing him. You know? I agree. And I mean, his weakness really appears to be his family. Because anytime he's near his family or, you know, they're, they're threatened or there's issues, like he kind of starts to spiral. I think the reason why he excels so well in his political campaigning is because he's the only one there. He doesn't, what, he's not worrying about anything or thinking about anything else. Like That's all he's doing. What did you think of his uh, x-ray scene? Just uh, his little inner dialogue here of uh, wait till you see what's inside. It's like, he's so, he's so dramatic. It, like watching him is like <laughs> yes. watching, uh, it's like watching, Watch out! Watching Hamlet. You ever seen Hamlet live? No, not live. Okay, you ever see Hamlet live? It's like a lot of inner dialogues and speaking to yourself, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This is almost like Peaky Blinders. Feels like almost like a Shakespearean pl- uh, play, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. that you know it's really the just the story of Tommy Shelby in that sense of his the journey of his character, but. This episode takes you to such a point that I don't know how his family recovers from this. I don't know how he recovers from this. And um, with, what do we have? Three episodes left to go? I don't even know how they, they have to bring some sort of control into episode four. Because up until now, everything has gone wrong for the most part. Yeah, everything Um, has gone wrong. And I still don't really feel like I, I know what the plot or like the overall story is for this season right like we know there's finn and there's some sort of beef finn's finn. been locked in i'm sorry not finn michael it's late it's finn late cole. no the actor's name is finn cole yeah, well, they, uh, i meant to do that oh uh, i got i said i jumped up because i was like you know something about finn because where the hell is he no i wish we're I knew three episodes in we still haven't seen him we got, isaiah, we got isaiah his first cousin his second cousin and his 15th cousin Look, and we still don't have finn i think finn's gonna be reintroduced in the next episode because what if, if it happens finn- in episode five i feel like it'll be too late like we've got to have an episode he four. has to be in episode he's four gotta what are gonna be do? In it. episode five has got to tell us like look what is about to go down in episode six is finn, is finn gonna, gonna come in on. finn gonna come in in episode six like the way paulie comes in at the end of the episode where Linda's about to shoot Arthur, is he going to just come in at the very end and just shoot somebody? I would hope not. And we'll see the smoke from the gun and it'll be Finn. And we, he won't say anything all season. <laughs> no introduction, just... That would be hilarious. No, I, I hope not. A- anyways, though, like, I, I still don't know what the what the overall story is, right? Like, we know Michael's got some beef with Tommy. I think we all know what the beef is, basically. But uh, I don't really know what's going to happen with it. We know Alfie might maybe do something with the whole jack nelson thing but i don't really know what's going like there's like so many different things happening right now they've set they've set the pieces in play yeah i think we know the direction it's going it's just a matter of you know seeing it all fall into place but we do see tommy's family life is in complete disarray arthur's an opium addict his daughter dies in this episode Polly's dead um ada doesn't want to help him although she concedes to helping him thank goodness because Ada is the MVP of this episode, just straight off the bat. Uh-huh. Okay, Tommy enlists her in this episode. Uh, in his once he has to step away to go, because all right, what happens is 
we have two options for Ruby. They do this gold treatment where they put like 30% gold and something else inside of her mm-hmm. to salt, try to I kill think. the yeah, to try to kill the um gold salt is what they put in as a kill tuberculosis. And uh Tommy doesn't believe in that. He thinks that there's been a curse put on his family due to the things that he's done. Which if so I he, must say is also correct. Yeah, I wrote that down too. I wrote that down too because at the end of this episode, I don't want to give too much away. We'll get to that. They, it's all. It feels like a direct rebuke on his belief in the supernatural, but at the same time, I took it the other way. I think that you know nothing is really black and white. I think both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I think that the gold treatment and the tuberculosis could have actually just been a thing, and I also think that uh, there is some sort of like curse that they're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a tangible thing, but I do think that there is something in that. And that it's not like a one size fits all that you can pay somebody to fix your problems, but mm-hmm. I do think that there is something deeper there, right? Because yeah. she think about the things that she was saying in the previous episodes and the things that she was seeing. It's kind of creepy, but you know, it's definitely something, some sort of black magicy stuff. You know, yeah, it definitely has that but feeling. In the midst of uh, the beginning of this episode, we see Tommy pretty much pass on the bulk of his responsibilities as leader to Ada. Which is interesting. He doesn't give it to Arthur. He doesn't give it to Finn, who is MIA at this moment. Mm-hmm. And the only person left to rely on is Ada, which makes you think that Shelby Company Limited is in the most shaky position it's ever been. Because you have, not that Ada's not capable, but she does not want to do this. Yeah. I also want to kind of know, like, who's really been running things. It can't be Arthur. Is it Finn? Is Finn somehow? But, like, then why wouldn't he be running it now? Like, why is it? So, so is Tommy running both the company and his political campaign? Is that the is that the gist of this? I think Tommy does have managers, but the under the uh, the criminal under element yeah. has to still be managed by somebody. Yeah. Now, Finn was at Polly's funeral. We see him in that scene, mm-hmm. but up until now, we haven't seen him. I don't think he's in America. Could he be on some sort of mission that Tommy's put him on in Europe to go make allies with somebody? Maybe. 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 I would I, I would be very surprised if that were the Tom, case. Tommy does need allies. Yeah. He does need allies. It just I just find it odd that Finn wouldn't have been included in the visit to Stag that they do later in the episode. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's very odd the fact that Finn is so absent. I don't I don't think that's by mistake and I don't think that's just because of his character. I think that's probably because of the writer's choice to do that. Mm-hmm. because I've heard some things about the actor who plays Finn who was very reluctant to return in his role, reprise his role as Finn. Really? In, in the movies that are going to come out. So maybe he's just sick and tired of actors who who won't commit to something, like even though you are a character, mm-hmm. but you're thinking in, you know, in that sense that you want a... You're scared you're going to miss an opportunity. Same thing with uh, John Boy did. Yeah. John Boy did that. John Boy was not supposed to be killed on this show. He was written off the show because of him wanting to leave. That's yeah. that's from everything I've read. That's what the thing is, you know. Hmm. Uh, maybe the same thing happened with Freddie Thorne. You know, the way he dies in season one, so randomly. But let's. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking over some of the things going on here. Um, yeah. You want to talk about what happens, uh, what Tommy's up to, and where Ada's heading after yeah. seeing in the hospital? I mean, basically, I mean, Tommy was talking to Ruby for a minute. You know, Lizzie walked in and was like, you should be wearing a mask. Tommy gets his moment. I am. I am wearing a mask. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, but beyond that, Ada 
gets a call from Tommy. Tommy basically is asking for five days every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say in this episode, Ada really steps up. Like, I don't think we've Ada s- seen Ada do anything like this and be so level-headed about it. She does this like she's done it a million times. Yeah, I personally loved seeing her step in the role as like the capable substitution for Tommy. Me too. You know, it show, shows, you know, first and foremost that she's the most capable person aside from Tommy and the family. Mm-hmm. And that she has more poly in her than she previously believed. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do think that, you know, although she's like kind of like Polly, I do think she puts her own unique twist of kindness into the role of mm-hmm. leader, which I don't think the two can to mix can mix. I think she has to learn that lesson. Yeah. Uh, specifically in the business that they're in, but yeah. I think she, whether she wants it or not, has become the de facto shoulder that Tommy now leans on. He is. She is the new crutch. So the target will now be on Ada if Tommy messes up this next time because she's the new crutch. And I'm just that's just a guess. Now I don't think Ada mm. dies. I swear if they kill Ada. I don't think they're I gonna mean, kill Ada. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think so either. They better not. You know, talk about somebody who's had like I think Ada may have had the more one of the most tragic stories in Peaky so far. You yeah, know? I mean so, her, her husband's died or everybody she touches dies. Mm-hmm. But then again, Tom Tommy's is, is kind of similar, right? Like I uh, they're probably the closest to each other yeah. in terms of their their tragedies. Um, yeah, I have... Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, continue. Go ahead. Uh, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, Ada basically drives out to London to meet Diana. Uh, Who is Mosley's... Uh, what is she, mistress? Or mistress, mistress, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, She's like a female Mosley. This she chick. really is, but Mosley's like a... Mosley's shell- also like the female Mosley, but, but, or but I, I think know. I think Mosley's a shell of himself in this season. I write plenty of notes about that. Does not feel like he's in control of anything. I I I noted it down again yeah. as well, and it was just yeah. Uh, I want to I want to talk about Diana for a second. Go for it because uh, she's you know, weird. Well, you know she's she's very much a Mosley. She does her research. She wants to see what what the code is made. What's the make of the code that Ada has on? Um, she is collecting antiques that she's putting little metaphors out there that she has of tommy she's prying into family business she's obviously smitten by tommy mm-hmm. uh because in this meeting with you know what, what it is is that tommy had a meeting with diana mosley mm-hmm. and what's his name jack uh jack nelson jack nelson yeah so in that meeting tommy has had to send ada as his like emissary of sorts but uh, Diana is the one who intros, and she starts off by saying, you know, yeah, I like to have sex with women, too. So she's a, this bisexual deviant who... Uh, only reads pornography and politics. She only reads por- pornography and politics, which I wonder reads, what the pornography yeah. reads like back then. Like, I, w- I would I love know. to see... I'd love to see what, like, a pornography thing, like, was in the in the 1940s. Erotica. I, I don't know. What, what, there's, there's one book, uh, what... Uh, I feel like it was so classy back then that it's like I can't imagine it being anything that's like <laughs> you know. Nah. Let, let me let me continue here. She's already it. smitten by Tommy and openly saying it to Ada, which makes me wonder: Does Oswald know this? Is he okay with this? But in my opinion, <laughs> Oswald's kind of smitten with Tommy, not like in a sexual way, but uh, he's literally throwing a tantrum because Tommy skipped their lunch meeting. So I just mm-hmm. find that he's obsessed with Tommy too. I mean, he's yeah. definitely obsessed with Tommy. I don't think in a, in a sexual way, but at the same time, I don't think Oswald has anything. Like, I don't think he could say anything to to Diana. Like, Diana seems like she's fully in control. <laughs> like, I feel like he's the he's the little dog of the leash here. It's an interesting choice, 
it's an interesting choice and i go we'll talk more about this later with the diana and what's his, what's his yeah name's we'll thing, get back into it i, I want to ask what kind of miles to the gallon do you think uh, tommy's car does because he's driving out the middle of bfe jesus <laughs> and, what, and can we can you ask jimmy like what would that price be in today's gas you know oh driving out how far yeah yeah for for more info on gas prices tune into the uh soapbox networks uh, politics show uh, coming soon <laughs> in the next three years we'll talk about gas prices in the history of it then. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. tommy well, tommy was driving out you know we see him arrive in, finally in the middle of a desert canyon i think it's the one that we saw in the trailer um mm-hmm. but along the way he stopped at a crossroads it looks like i think that's what it was and he saw something there I, I didn't really get the significance of that but it may just be my uh no ignorance. he didn't stop at a crossroads he, what did he stopped stop at? Because the gypsies don't have, they have markers that they leave only for mm. people who are gypsies to find. And so he stops and looks for the old signs of the Lee family. Okay. Which apparently is in an abandoned stone quarry or some sort. Like, doesn't seem like an ideal place to put your base, considering there doesn't seem to be any water. It really around. doesn't. I feel like there's also no way out. <laughs> yeah, let's like corner you into this canyon. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It is cinematic. What'd you think of the uh, camera work in all these scenes of Tommy visiting like the outdoor areas? It's different. Interesting I, choice, right? It is. It is. Like a, a lot of the handheld, like tracking with everything. It works though. It works. Like I, I don't, I don't dislike it. I think the only time I was liking was when he walks with Esme to like this rock. I was uh-huh. like, this is like something's different about what they chose to do here. And you'll, you'll see it coming up, but he visits the Lee boys. He, assumes and assumes correctly that esme is now the leader of the lees mm-hmm. and she is and he's really going to her as a uh as a last resort thinking that she knows something about the curse that's been put on his family and mm-hmm. what's causing ruby to be sick and um in reality she seems very reluctant to to help him in some sense this is the shot i'm talking about we don't really see these tracking shots often in peaky where someone walks off and we follow him to that you know what i mean mm. And then you get this kind of odd angle looking down at her here from the rock, which doesn't look bad, but it's just different from what they usually do. Every There's a lot of yeah. like stylistically different choices they've chosen to do in this season. It is very different, but it, it doesn't bother me that much. Like uh, her little comment, did is too grand to put his ass on the ground? You really like that, huh? Yeah, it's funny. What does Diddy Coy mean? So I actually just looked it up prior to this, and I'm probably gonna completely butch the definition of it. But essentially, it's like slang. It's 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 what uh, people like gypsies would say when they want to call somebody who says they're a gypsy, basically not really a gypsy. Like, yeah, you think you're not really a gypsy. You don't have the the Romani blood. Like you 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 act like you are. You live like you're one, but you're not one. Yeah, so it's a slander, like for outsider sort Correct. of thing, That's judging you for that. Essentially, what it is. Um, Tommy enlists Esme's help here, hoping that. Uh, my bad. If you hear some screaming in the background of my mic, it's because my neighbor upstairs. I guess like, I don't know, maybe plays League of Legends at night or something like that. But <laughs> I, he, I wasn't sure where that was going. Did you Did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't hear anything. Just, it probably won't even come through on the recording, he goes, but he goes, it's hilarious. He does that like from time to time, and I'm like, what the hell's going on up there? 
Um, it's probably like he's maybe crocheting or something like that. Like I'm picturing <laughs> he's playing like video games. Him. No, he's like crocheting, like literally making like little scarves and he gets like super, super amped up. <laughs> but um, he enlists, Tommy enlists Esme's help and, you know, she just seems very reluctant since the death of John. And honestly, Tommy has, where are John's kids? I want to know. We're in season six and we've never seen John Boy's kids. I don't even think they're here running around. Do they like, even are exist? They dead? Did she, did, I, I thought she took the kids after he died and went with the Lees. How could Tommy in good faith allow his brother's kids to be living in a canyon? I don't know. And only one of them wagons. was with Esme, right? It, like he already had three. Yeah. John had like 17 kids. If John Boy existed today, he'd be on TLC. <laughs> it would be a show about him and his 15 children. And how they all rob stores. Yeah. <laughs> the Peaky Dozen would be something like that. Oh, I'm telling man. you. So, continuing on with Ada, she is essentially meeting with all of the uh what are we going to call these these the big three because now they're doing this whole push for diana I don't the thing know. is for me here here's the thing for me and diana okay i don't like her you don't like her i don't mind her but we're in the final season of peaky blinders mm-hmm. are we really gonna bring in this drew barrymore lookalike to be the final villain here we've literally just built up oswald mosley as this unbeatable villain in the previous mm-hmm. season Okay, and now he's like a shell of himself, who's just dominated by this descendant of the Guinness family. Uh, that makes me realize why. I, I guess maybe Guinness is not one of my favorite beers, but I'm just joking around. <laughs> um, in this meeting with Diana Mosley and Jack Nelson, we see a Jack Nelson coming in, nice arm in arm with Gina. Did you notice that? I did notice that. Some Lannister vibes going on in the Nelson family. I'm be honest with you. Well, I mean Oswald. Look at look at what he does with his family or did. Well, yeah, it's kind of different. It's not his niece, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty damn close. No, it's not. It's his freaking mother-in-law and his uh, sister-in-law. Son. At least they're not blood, for God's sake. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little bit. Oh, well, we don't know. I don't. Maybe Gina's not. I don't know. We do get the dark side of Jack Nelson that we didn't really get. Like, I, I specifically noted down, like, he Did we get he gray seems, hair on Jack Nelson? Yeah, like a little he, bit. He didn't look like he had gray hair in the last episode. He did not. I didn't really catch much of it, but it does look like he's got he's got some gray going on here. He, he recovered well in this episode, I'd say. Yeah. Because he does look like an evil bastard. He's got, like, a shark vibe to him. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he's he looks like... He's got cut on his lip and everything, It's too. the cut on the lip, I think, that does it, that makes him look real ominous. Mm-hmm. He obviously has the hots for Ada, too. You notice that? Yeah. I'm a little, yeah. You can tell. Yeah. There's like a little vibe to it. Diana doesn't seem perfectly comfortable with him in the uh, in this setting. And Ada just seems... What I love about Ada here, she just has like this... I'm totally over it at this point. Mm-hmm. She's just over all of this. And she has no patience. Like she's looking at her nails. All this kind of stuff. Underwhelming performance by Gina. In the roundtable meeting? Agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. She didn't She's really like, deserve to be here, from what I can tell either. Like, I don't know why or how this would benefit the story in any way, her being here. like, I think it does, because I feel like you almost need that character who is the weak link in the chain. 
Mm. And it's definitely her. She's a, she loves the lifestyle. And um, it's interesting to me how... I think what she what it is is that she always maybe looked up to her uncle. Mm. And loved her uncle. And so she married a gangster. Oh, wait a minute. to try to get into that side. What? Never mind. Never mind. I, I just had a thought and I just, I just realized what we were talking about earlier. Never mind. Ada... Um, pretty much isolates Jack Nelson because Jack Nelson is prying into the affairs of, of Tommy here, right? And yeah. Ada kind of snaps back and says, look, I heard you had a brother and sister who died of consu- uh, of consumption when they were younger or something like that. Yep. And um, you get the sense that Jack Nelson does have a high regard for Tommy, or at least in this episode actually is peaked interest in, uh, peaked interest and respect for him and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so he's okay with him missing lunch because he's like, I would do the same thing for my daughter, mm-hmm. you know? He doesn't trust the doctors either. So, and uh, rightfully so, because look what happens with uh, with the gold treatment. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at the end. That's true. That's true. Uh, they're all invited to a dinner at Tommy's, which makes me wonder, is this going to be a Black Star Day? Is the dinner a Black Star Day? Or is that just going to be in episode four? You know. We don't, do we have time for a full funeral for Ruby in episode four? Uh you know you know what i feel like maybe that would have been we were watching the trailer and there was like this remember we saw lizzie in all black and tommy was like losing his shit there was a there was a scene in the trailer i think it's gonna happen in episode four it's it's, i definitely think it's gonna happen we're gonna have a we're gonna have a funeral Mm -hmm. it'll be a a funeral montage in the beginning yeah i would imagine i would I, you, I find it hard to believe they would skip over like look if ruby's let's gonna save die this here for the she's end. gonna die for a reason let's save this for the end of the episode our predictions of how episode four goes let's just save that to the end but uh they do get a dinner uh, inv- uh invitation mm-hmm. and ada stands her stands her own here right she's pretty much uh she's got some balls she goes toe-to-toe with oswald who's pouting and diana who's very just smug and jack who mm-hmm is the reason everybody's there but at the same time not really in control because diane they he needs the connections or wants the connections that can be provided to him by the people in the room yeah he's definitely the the bigger and more powerful person in the room however yeah he just doesn't control the room yeah Um, i I just i do wonder mm -hmm. what's going on with oswald and and where does that end up? Because he does truly feel like a toddler being managed by his woman. That just really is the vibe. Here. It really does. It's really disappointing because he was built up. I mean, at the end of the last season, he's better than all of the other villains Tommy has ever had. Where's and then McCavern? we answer this one. Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. That's my thing with Diana is like, we've got enough villains right now. I, I like the bringing in Jack Nelson. Mm-hmm. But where's McCavern? Yeah, is I mean, that where Finn is? Is he d- trying to contend with McCavern? That that's I the only know. reasonable place I would put Finn, because you can't put him in the legitimate business category. He has to stay with the illegitimate business. Yeah, but I, I feel like Arthur would like that should have been something he was doing. But I, I don't know like what happened between the time Jumper right after Polly died. But you know, we we've got a lot of villains. We've got Oswald. We have Diana. We have Jack Nelson. We have Gina. We have Michael. We have Michael's Goonies. We have. I don't even. A lot know. of villains to be taken care of in three episodes. There's my a friend. lot I, of stuff. There's a I lot. I don't think. I don't think it can all happen. And you're gonna have to have Michael come to London at some point here. He's got to come to London, which will probably be next episode or something like that. Maybe, because the, the honestly, the final villain conquered should be Michael. If you think about it, I mean, he's the one that has betrayed Tommy the deepest. 
Right? Well, the deepest. I guess he betrayed he betrayed Tommy when his when his mother was kind of selling him out. He didn't say anything, but I think that was more of like just a coordinated effort overall. Like Paul, that was the more Paul was the more understanding. That was the more understanding of the yeah. of the letdowns that he gave. Yeah. But but he did screw I, over the business. He screwed up the po- like a big possibility with the legitimate business. Yeah, yeah season like, five, he really he really shit the bed. In season yeah, five, like that's for sure. Just, uh, you know, he lost all the money, and then now he started to feel himself. He let Gina start taking control of his mind, and, you know, this is why we're here where we are today. Yeah. But with that being said, I do think it's more it began in the family, it ends in the family. Mm. So the last conflict that needs to be resolved is not an outside threat. It has to be the inside threat. Mm. And it's either going to be Michael dies or Michael is forgiven, that Tommy gives him the opportunity to kill him because Tommy is ultimately... At this point, Tommy's daughter's dead. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different Tommy from here on out. I agree. A much different Tommy. However, I feel like it's going to be more of the Tommy that we wanted. I don't want him with these the circumstances necessarily, but I think it's going to be the Tommy that we expect her to see in well, this season. Yeah. I, will it be a Tommy that reverts back to his old ways for a short period of time because he has a reckless abandon to him? to just get done what he needs to get done for his daughter. Mm-hmm. But it may be also a more grounded Tommy mm-hmm. because in this episode, we see the fact that he can't buy his way to avoid fate. Yeah. He is. He says these comments like, I'm wearing a mask. Oh, the way till you see inside. It's like all of these comments are very much like play the violin for me because the world yeah. revolves around me. Woe is me. Yep. You know, woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. Because the world revolves around him. And I think mm-hmm. he needs to, you know, it's understanding those limitations. I think there is a little bit of the truth to the limitations thing. Like, not everything revolves around you. Mm-hmm. Yes, your life does, but you have these people that you need to take care of. And the daughter's thing is really not his fault, uh, in my opinion. I think that that is uh, something that he'll need some sort of uh, forgiveness or a cleansing of the conscience of it at some point in the season, if mm-hmm. possible. But um, let's let's get into what happens next. We get Ada stepping into the Shelby Company office, yes. and being the Tommy we want, yeah. asking for the whiskey, bring it in, you know. And something interesting happens. She opens up the book and sees a black star on a given day, which to me I read as like this is, has to do with the big enemies. Right, but it seems not with something that happens later in the episode. Yeah, I, don't, I, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, oh boy, what was it? And I was gonna rewind it and like take a look. What was the date? What was the name? What did it say? And I just didn't end up doing it because of basically what we find out in like the next. Few yeah, scenes. exactly. I was gonna do the same thing. Yeah, I'm just like, eh. but interesting. Answer my, my yeah. question. Interesting enough, although this episode does show Tommy like in shambles and you know Lizzie's destroyed and all these different things that occur because of the death of Ruby. We do get the pieces of seeing, like, what are the Peaky Blinders going to look like after the series is over? Mm-hmm. And when they show Isaiah for the first time in this season, it is clear that he is the Michael replacement mm-hmm. in terms of maybe the legitimate, that guy who can be the the wolf. He can do the good and the bad. You know, yeah. he can do some of the good business, some of the bad business. Uh, some of the brown bread, some of the white bread. <laughs> some of the... <laughs> there we go. But... uh we get introduced to him, and he's very much feeling himself in this scene, almost yeah. to a point where it's like, "Yo, somebody's got to control him a little bit." Because yeah. if, li- if, if he gets a little, bit. 
Yeah, because if he gets a little bit too hungry, maybe he's scenting weakness in the family. Maybe he pounces mm-hmm. for more. But I think he's a pretty grounded guy, although he has given Ada all the looks. Like, he needs to oh, chill. Yeah, yeah he, he is. He needs to chill here. But Ada's not taken at this time. Not that we're well, aware of, right? think Well, I think he found out that, she, you know, she was with Younger. And so she's like, eh, she likes a little bit of, you know, she's not no, necessarily then- <laughs> one type. You know, she doesn't just like white guys. You know, she's, yeah. she's like, you know, I got a chance. And maybe he wants to be in with the Shelby family. Marry into the Shelby family. Yeah. Why not? I would say this. Isaiah's always been a personal favorite character of mine mm-hmm. because he's been a reliable member of the gang. You know, this season I was actually hoping, and I think one of my predictions was that Isaiah would step up. I don't, I think I'm almost positive I wrote that down. I think so you I'm very said glad it. to see that. I just don't know if it was like, and, I'm going to bet on it. Yeah, And I don't mind the little interplay between him and Ada here because mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's obviously showing he's interested, but at the same time, being respectful in a way mm-hmm. but it is funny to see ada kind of quickly put him in his place yeah but he's realistic too he says look uh because ada decides not to go through the black star day which means that somebody has to die right yeah um and isaiah's like essentially warning her if i'm not mistaken because i'm watching it on mute now here for the second time he's essentially saying is that a good idea to to go against the uh, the you know the black star and I have a prediction that it might have been the biggest mistake of this episode to not go through with that black star. I think personally. I would agree. I would because of what yeah. we see that happens with yeah. Arthur and everything. Yeah. Like, let's I, not I give agree. it away yet. Or everybody's seen it, but let's let's Look, really we started off the episode that. with like the biggest oh, shit, like yeah, yeah, ball yeah. drop. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like yeah, but Ruby died. <laughs> the reason I say it is because I think that it deserves to be spoken about when we see it on screen because that actor Stephen Graham, I think is his name. Um, he's way too known and talented of an actor mm. to be just another mickey or to be just another billy grade mm. no offense to billy grade because i think he's pretty good too uh he does a great job of being like that guy that's kind of like slimy yeah the guy that you want to uh, punch in the face yeah you really hate billy grade along with uh ruby apparently but I don't uh hate ruby <laughs> <laughs> i was devastated by this to be honest Same. Saying I was, I'm just I saying because you. I was just saying because you you ill timed your laugh oh, at the beginning, yeah, so I, yeah, I just thought whatever. it was pretty messed up. <laughs> but uh, you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah, we get a scene here with Lizzie and um and Ada in the bar talking about what's going on, and and Lizzie's just kind of pouring her heart out uh to Ada here. But it does give me the impression now that we know what does happen with Ruby, unfortunately, in the episode that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Lizzie and Tommy's marriage uh, is going to work out. I don't know if it works out from here. I had the same thought. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to it. I kind of feel like they could work it out. I think they could work it out because I think it should be an eye-opening moment for Tommy if he doesn't go into complete woe is me mode mm-hmm. because he just paid a uh, gypsy, you know, 10,000 pounds and, gold to esme to his daughter for his daughter to still die you know but it should be a moment where it's like i don't know he could double down and say this is all my fault or he could say although this is is terrible it's not my fault i've done terrible things but this has nothing to do with an actual curse that's laid on my family you know what i mean yeah um I did wonder why Isaiah was in Finn's place. I know I'm going back here, but I'm like, I don't know. I was what happened. Finn must be on the writer's shit list. Well, man. I mean, look, he he kind of screwed the pooch at the end of the last season, 
He'll let out, let it out. He did. Gonna, like, like he's know. Finn is the reason Polly is dead. I think. I think Finn is the reason Polly is dead because I think when Finn told what was his name, Billy Gray's, he went and called the Captain Swain, and Captain Swain killed killed Polly. No, I don't think so. I, I think, think so. I think you know. I think Polly's death was solely determined by the fact that Helen McCrory passed away in real life. I don't think that she would have. Her char- Polly's character would not have died in this season if, if that had not been the case. That's that's he, my take he, on then it. Then he's at least the reason why the sniper's dead and why um, Abarama Gold is dead. Then that's my take. Regardless, though, I mean, somebody did have to tell the the yeah, the IRA. And we still or whatever don't know who, people. and that's the only fishy thing that happened in season five that was kind of like left up in the air. We don't really know what billy gray did would, but we know he would picked make up sense. a phone and call some, called somebody. which would make sense why finn has been iced out of the season but to be determined he yeah. could come back in a major way we will see we never know maybe finn is in chicago going to get a mr al capone <laughs> i i don't think so maybe oh maybe finn maybe finn is in east boston might be might be that would be weird but interesting i uh I was also gonna. Wasn't Isaiah Michael's friend? Like really? He was. Okay, which is on. why I I wondered why he didn't really get like a promotion in season five. Because in season five, all the stuff's happening with Michael. Isaiah is there technically when when Jimmy McCavern comes and you know he tells mm-hmm. him if you break the two, if you break the, the something of the white flag, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. My men will hunt you down or whatever. Yeah. It's a five hundred dollar check for your wife to buy a black dress for a black man and a black man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, when did this train get built over the garrison that I Ada and no? And who's paying the light bill in the garrison? Can they not turn on a light in this place? It's everything is so dark in this season. The whole damn season's dark. Arthur's dark. His whole life is and outlook on life is dark. It's just mm-hmm. and it, they rug pulled us on Arthur too. It's like you see him. He gets to see Isaiah. We get an introduction to Isaiah's cousins as. Arthur comes out of the vault that they've locked him in when he gets the mm-hmm. the uh, the withdrawals to opium, and he has like an Arthur moment. Yeah, he he gets like an actual like he looks at them and he says, "I think real big time boys don't ask for permission." I think that's a great line too. I've been saying that all day today, <laughs> all day. It's a great line. I think real big time boys don't ask for permission. It's See, great stuff. We we did kind of get. A glimpse at the Arthur that we that we right liked. Here. Like I yeah. felt like he was coming coming back, but at the same time, he still seems like such a shell of himself because he's like he's walking out, he's dropping papers all over the place. Like, he's, I think like we, he just doesn't know what's going on. I think we also get a look at the new order here, the new Peaky Blinders order. Now, do I think Isaiah could carry a show necessarily? No, mm-hmm. I don't. But it's very hard to when you got such beloved characters like it's true. Tommy and Arthur. It's true. Uh, back to Tommy here as Arthur and Isaiah and the boys are out to go meet a Mr. Hayden Stag or Devin Stag. What's his name? Hayden Stag. Stag. Before we before we talk about that, there was one thing I no, wanted no, to. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Yeah. What do you mean? We have not still, yet? We, well, we have Tommy and Esme, so don't skip over that. If you're oh, no, no, I'm going else. back to the conversation in the garrison. Okay, okay, I want, okay. There was one thing I wanted to mention there um, that you know Lizzie touched on, and it kind of like I, I agreed with it because this entire season so far kind of feels like Tommy's already dead. 
And Lizzie said something that kind of made that sound real. And I'm like, you know, that makes sense. Because this entire, like, Tommy died when Polly died. And that's just what this entire season has felt like. Have you ever seen the movie with Clint Eastwood? I know you love Westerns. I do. Pale, Pale Rider. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't know. If you look it up, it's about a mysterious drifter who rides into town to rescue the struggling citizens of the town. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, at the end of it, you almost, you find out that the drifter, do you care about spoilers? No, go for it. You find out that Clint Eastwood's character, in a sense, it's like he was almost a phantom. He was actually not alive. Mm. He was actually coming in to finish up and bring justice to this town. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Tommy's dead. <laughs> I'm not saying this is going to be the sixth sense mm-hmm. here uh, where, you know, Michael goes to kill him and he says, you can't kill me, Michael. I'm already dead. Yeah. And he just kind of like, <laughs> you know, he just drifts away. Something yeah. Like that. But um, I do get the sense that it does feel like he's a, he's a man. It's like he says earlier, any day he considers himself living with house money, essentially, man. He should have died in France. He should have died by the red right hand. Mm-hmm. He should have died by that gunshot to his head. He should have died like five or six times in this show already. Yeah. But here he is still, and he has final business to take care of because he has alluded to the fact that one last heist, Zach. Yeah. One, one last, last heist. <laughs> one last job, and he's out. But I truly think it'll be one last job until Winston Churchill calls him for the movie on the BBC like two years from now. But we'll uh, <laughs> that's what it'll be. This this movie, it'll be like only one Peaky Blinders movie, I think. Mm-hmm. It'll be... Um, you know, this movie, this show will end right before World War II in mm-hmm. some sense. And then the movie will be during World War II. And that's it. Maybe there'll be two movies about World War I don't know. But uh, something like that. We'll see. We get a tie-in with this character from Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be great. It's actually Tommy Shelby. <laughs> and uh, Tom Hardy's in it too, so you could just put him as the oh pilot. Oh my gosh. Great. We'll just do a tie-in there somehow. But uh, all right, let's get into the one of my favorite scenes here, which is the introduction to a Hayden Stagg, mm-hmm. Arthur and the Isaiah, and the new Peaky Blinders, or the new, uh, I like these guys. Whoever these guys are, they we needed some new enforcers. We so. did. And, and these guys look like they have some muscle. Yeah. The people I, we had rec- like in the past, like- they look kind of strong, but they didn't really feel like like a little I'm, army, right? Like, this feels like an army. It does feel like an army, but I, I'm interested to see. Hayden has supposedly been stealing opium by the bucket, mm-hmm. by the bucket full from the from the Peaky Blinders, and Arthur and the boys have been sent down there to deal with them. Now, interesting choice to send Arthur, a recovering opium addict, uh, down to an opium warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Ada just wants to see if he's really clean. And so to test for him to see if he can keep his shit together, which yeah. in part he does, but in part he breaks down because what we find out is that Hayden Stagg, which was not a surprise to me, mm-hmm. is not intimidated by Arthur in the least bit. Like if you just look at his face. Oh yeah. He looks like a, like a hardball player. Well, he also looks like a man who doesn't, whose ambitions are, he values more than his life. He's willing yeah. to die. He's willing to die in this move that he's trying to make. But mm-hmm. I do not think, although I think he doesn't have good intentions with the way he he mind games Arthur here, mm-hmm. right? He plays a mental game on Arthur, which just goes to show you how weak Arthur is at this moment. Yeah. Um, you. I also get the sense that this, 
Stag is almost like Tommy Shelby one. You know, I was gonna say that. Like he's like one? a chess player to me, right? In season like, one, he's so level headed, and he's the, like he the, knows the person he's got to get in front of and talk to and talk down. Let's let's think about this, right? They're talking. The Peakies pull out guns on his boys. Okay, mm-hmm. what happens to Tommy when Billy Kimber comes to react to him? He comes in, he throws a quarter on the floor, and he says, "Pick it up." Mm-hmm. Tommy goes to pick it up. The guy, everyone's about to go shoot Billy Kimber, mm-hmm. and he says, "Not now." Not now. It's like Stag knows that his moment to strike is not now. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think he's just trying to make a statement to get in with Tommy, or maybe he's trying to make a move on Tommy's turf in his own way. But uh, he definitely doesn't have the muscle to do it yet, it seems. He doesn't. I don't know if he has the ambition to either. I think he's just... Oh, it definitely seems like he has his, the ambition. His eyes, are, his eyes have turned golden with the, uh, with the money that he's getting from stealing the opium. I don't think so. I, I think uh, I think he does have ambition. There's it's a death wish to steal from a, a gang like them. Yeah, to death I wish. agree. I just don't know like how much he knows of that, right? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just uh, I'm being he too ha- kind to him. He has to play a role, okay? And uh, he does talk about that he had an addiction of some sort, morphine. I think he mentions. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I think they were addicted to morphine during the war. But the reason I know he's ambitious is because he he has intel yeah. on Arthur. He knows he's a junkie. True. Okay. True. He he also blames him. He he actually pleads his own innocence. He says that Arthur's the one who's been stealing the opium, not him, <laughs> or something like that. Um. So it's interesting to me to think. I th- I might be wrong about that. I thought he accused no. Arthur, he he was just accusing him of of. of abusing and using it yeah you know this i was just i don't know why i totally forgot about this guy but i mean going back to like (laughs) the villains oswald diana jack uh gina now we have arthur stag and then who else was it there was somebody else i don't think stag is a villain to arthur i think Uh, i think i think he'll be a nemesis to to tommy or an ally he could become an ally let's not disregard that i don't think he's gonna become an ally i think he's i think I think Tommy's going to come back at some point in the next three episodes and do what should have been done on, on what he declared as the Black Star Day here. Well, we know that this guy has to be some sort of a threat because for Tommy to put a Black Star in it, yeah, to literally you, you dedicate it. Some, somewhat the, important. He obviously thinks that this guy is going to become an issue. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. He is an interesting character, and the guy is a terrific actor. So... Um, I'm interested to see, really. But he does talk Arthur down to the point of almost tears with Arthur. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, he talks, you've tried Jesus. And he pretty much tries to make Arthur feel worthless here. You know, worthless. Uh, which is an interesting move. It's an interesting move. But let's see how it, well, you, it backfires. You got to break somebody time. down. You got to make them feel the lowest they ever felt so that they, like, you can kind of extend a hand at that point and be like, but, but I can get you out of that. But Which is kind of what he just did. Well, he not really. Not really. He he says that, you know, religion can't help you. Your wife and your kids can't help you. Only you can help you. But he knows a little bit too much about Arthur for my liking. You know, the fact of, that he tried religion, that his wife left him, all that kind of stuff, that he's estranged from his kids probably. Hmm. Uh, and he says that Arthur's recovery is completely dependent on himself. Which to me, I, I think Arthur takes it as advice and somebody speaking the truth to him rather than uh, what I took it as, which is somebody playing a mind game with him. Mm. That's what I took it as, really. 
I thought he was playing Arthur. He knew, like, the the reason Arthur was there was so Stag and his men didn't mess with Isaiah and the rest of the boys, which they w- probably would have done. Yeah. But Stag I, saw Arthur, he know he, he apparently he had an, enough information on him to know he was weak. Isaiah sees the mind down. game. Isaiah notices the mind game right off the bat because yeah. he's trying to actually kill him. Yeah. But uh, let's see what happens to Mr. Stag. I will say I'm upset because... The actor who plays Mr. Stagg once played uh, an Al Capone in uh, Boardwalk <laughs> Empire, and seems like my bet about Al Capone coming to the rescue from from America is hey, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not quite, not quite. I what, what do you? Th- There's a door that Arthur exit out of in this warehouse, which is interesting. It's like he walks into the light. Mm-hmm. I'm just Exist very disappointed left. that we don't have Arthur back. We we have such a broken Arthur who's still addicted to it to uh opium well we almost got old tommy back in this episode he asks for whiskey in yeah the next he, d- he does i was gonna be- i almost brought that up earlier because i was yeah. like you know this is like it's also one of the saddest episodes but it's, it's it's one of the episodes that i feel like we're starting to get back the people that we uh we wanted to get back right like you kind of tommy round out as may storyline because what happens in the scene is that tommy and esme arrive to the spot where uh Esme essentially deduces that the person who put a curse on Tommy was this family that uh what was the what was the issue with the, with this family what was the the issue that put that supposedly put a curse on Tommy Yes okay so who I don't remember them though people who he gave a sapphire I don't to. remember it either but wasn't that the jewel from the Russians, the one that was around Grace's neck that killed Grace? Yeah, yeah. And it's they're called the Barwells. The they're like a wild group of gypsies supposedly, yep. and they didn't refuse the sapphire even though they were warned about it. Mm-hmm. So they put it around their daughter's neck, and she died at seven years old. Or that something the like same that. night, basically. The same night too. I think so. Yeah, the same night that they put it around her neck. She started coughing immediately. Is what they said. But mm-hmm. Esme believes that they're the ones who put the curse on Tommy because there's a lot of hatred and grief and all that kind of stuff that she was talking about. But she mm-hmm. really leverages this information to get money out of Tommy, really. Which Tommy should have been giving her something beforehand for his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, uh, it's like kind of like a round place for Esme because she also gets taken care of, but I don't think we'll see her again in this season. I don't think so. I don't think she's going to play a significant role. I would be surprised if we saw her again. But when Tommy finds out about this, um, he makes an interesting choice here. First and foremost, he rips the cross of the girl's tomb from out of the ground, which is like yeah. super sacrilegious. And I know. I was I was a bit shocked by that. I'm like, oh, so it's like, is he gonna get struck by lightning or something? Well, I just for me, it was more like a. He still hasn't learned his lesson. He does what he wants to do. He thinks he can pay off the family and pay Esme. And he thinks that he can just decide his fate and decide his daughter's fate. But it's out of his control. And he does, you know, something kind of just gross here by ripping that out of the ground, my opinion. So, Bethany Boswell. Barwell or Boswell. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I keep seeing it written both ways, Barwell or Boswell. She was in the third season of Peaky Blinders, from what I can tell. We'd have to... We're going to recap season two through yeah. four. Or, we'll get there. So we'll get there, but... We will get there. 
I got to say also the Gypsy Graveyard they're filming in, really cool set design. Oh, it was really neat. Graveyard, right? It was really ominous. Extremely you know, these, like, ominous. Kind of like mangled trees, like mm-hmm. withered trees, and just a really interesting spooky looking place. Yeah. Um, the locations in this season are incredible. Like, I, I've just got to say, like, I, I know we've already pointed it out and mentioned it, but it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's just the best so far, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, Tommy could have married Esme. Mm-hmm. He was initially supposed to be the one that did it. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the show looks like if he would have been with Esme. She does seem like a good fit for him. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Because she, she doesn't put up with his BS. Yeah, but you know? Lizzie kind of doesn't put up with it too. I mean, she does to a degree. But she, but she 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 throws some jabs at him. Eh, you might be right. Anyways, uh, Ruby will be well. She will be well. He's determined. He thinks that because he says something, it will occur. Yeah, and he of does course. need to learn his limitations. This is part of his limitations. Yeah, he's not he in control not in of control. everything. <laughs> exactly. But Esme sees a desperate Tommy, and so she asks for gold, but. She's living in squalor. I mean, it's just kind of uh, embarrassing that Tommy's allowed his brother's widow to uh, to live like that. Unless she chose surprised. it for herself, but I mainly was, for the kids. I was a bit surprised about that. I mean, th- there's always been a there's always been a beef between the Lee boys and uh, you know the Shelbys, and the only thing that brought them together was Esme being married to John Boy. So John Boy's dead. So I'm assuming now they're going back to not liking each other, not being allies or friends or anything. She's taking the kids. Even with that, though, I do agree with you. I still think it's odd that Tommy just wasn't like, yeah, hey, here's $50,000 or something, right? Like, I also kind of think if she did, or he did, she wouldn't have wanted the money anyways. Yeah. Well, she wants uh, something mm-hmm. that lasts forever. And honestly, yeah. you, know, you should have given her Bitcoin. <laughs> but uh let's uh get into the last scene uh, the at the hospital scene. yeah at the hospital lizzie's waiting for tommy uh and it mm. turns out that ruby died yeah and before she died she was asking for her father which is devastating it's just so sad yeah, to think about I know. she's asking for her father and her father's not there he's running around trying to find an alternate solution to save her mm-hmm. but and late late by how it's long just, like it's almost like he just missed her too she's like she said 517 which is when she died which i don't know if that plays any significance into anything at all well it just seems like it was earlier in the day because it's like pitch black here so yeah. 517 no matter what time of the year it is there's sun still out so he's probably late by a couple of hours yeah but it's devastating because tommy wasn't there when his daughter his dying daughter was asking for him for the last time she could see him yeah and he, him thinking that he could, it's like you see his face in this scene, and it's, yeah. he just can't fathom what just occurred. No, I was just gonna say his face says it all. I don't think he, ha- I don't think he says a single word here, at all. And he, it's all yeah, it's all. It's expression. chilling. And but you do see how much he loves his daughter and Lizzie, how devastated she is because that's her daughter. Yeah, that's yeah. That's- by Charlie is uh, Grace's son. Yeah, that's right. So. 
Ah, oh, man. It's a, it's a tough is, scene to watch. This is such a such a down note to end the podcast on right now. but And, and we finally see why Tommy's sunburnt in the scene. Remember in the promo, we see him kind of yeah. like sunburnt? Mm-hmm. It's because of this the scene where he's in the rain and whatnot. It's because his yeah. daughter died. That's, that's what it is. It is. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of episode three of season six of Peaky Blinders. A heavy one. Honestly, not an enjoyable one to watch. Probably mm-hmm. my least favorite episode of Peaky Blinders ever. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to choose one, least and, uh, least favorite because of the way the storyline plays out. Yeah, not because it was sure. bad, but because yeah. it's just. Ugh. Exactly. I know. Ugh. I know. Let's get into some cheery stuff. Let's get into some episode right. four predictions, and let's get into some superlatives. Well, f- well first let let's let's recap. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do 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 one question. You know, the most memorable character. I I I only wrote down one, and I I wrote down wrote three. Down okay, then let me go first because I only put one down. Okay, mine is Ada. Okay, reasonable. Mm-hmm. She's top of mine. She's top of my list too. Yeah. She's in the uh, she's in the top three, but my other two are Isaiah stepping up. I think it's the, it's the most lines Isaiah's ever had in an episode. I don't have to statistically look that up. There's no way he's had more lines. <laughs> he's in an never episode had than more this. lines than that. Okay, I don't even know if Isaiah have spoken except for that episode that Mike was stepped up for him at the racist yeah. uh, bar. Uh, and then Stag, I think Stag is also a memorable mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the first guy I've ever seen trying to be extorted or beaten the hell out of by the Peaky Blinders that has ever stood up for himself and uh, and you know fought you know stood his own stood his ground. I agree with Stag. However, I will say and admit I completely freaking forgot about him until right before we got to the scene with him. Oh in yeah, it. yeah. When I like I was there counting out all of all of the enemies of, of Tommy earlier on, and I completely forgot about Hayden Stag. Well, um, I still will give the MVP of the episode to Ada because mm-hmm. she dominates this episode as just a yeah. strong character, just leading the way. And really, I just put when I under best scene, all I put was Ada being a badass all episode long. She's yeah. she's the only bright note in this entire episode. I agree. I I, I kind of I didn't want to ask you know what the best scene was because the scenes that were so like I don't want to say it was best because it's like it's just so depressing, it's so sad. But I would say. The most, how should I phrase this? I think the scene that was done the best was probably that last, that last scene. Like, like you didn't need a lot of dialogue. You didn't need, need to say a lot. It's the most memorable one. It, for it, sure. It's definitely the most memorable one. I just don't want to say me- it's the best because it's like no, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the no. You can say it's the best because when I think back on shows. It's not about the event that occurs. It's yeah. the what is the most What's memorable the scene. Yeah. It's the most memorable scene is Tommy's face looking in absolute horror. Lizzie's voice saying, well, are you? Like, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you won't forget that. You won't forget that. Yeah. And uh, just the whole setting, the pouring rain, everything. That's a, that's a memorable scene that, that will be etched into your mind for, for years. Mm-hmm. But uh, that to me is the, definitely the most memorable scene. Other moments that stood out were Isaiah and his crew being introduced to Arthur. Isaiah's back and forth with Ada. Ada being like the the new Polly, but with a kinder soul in some ways. You know, just kind of a little bit more of a soft spot, which I think will bite her in the butt. And then Stag being somebody standing up to Arthur, who's done his intel on mm-hmm. Arthur. 
and is looking for a weak spot and probably an in with the Shelby organization, in mm-hmm. my opinion, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think of him. I just think he's going to kind of potentially be done in by the end of the season. Mm. But who knows? Any, Anyways, uh, let's get on to something a little, hopefully a little lighter. Episode uh, four. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in episode four? Okay. Episode four. Here are my bullet point predictions for episode four. I'd say it starts with a Ruby funeral montage. Mm-hmm. I'd say we see Finn for the first time. I'd say we figure out what he's up to. I think we get the dinner yeah. of Oswald, Jack, and Tommy. I think Michael gets released from prison and is on his way to London. And uh, Arthur continues to tumble down a spiral. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair guess. I I'm wondering if the Barwells are going to play any role in the next episode, even if it's just Tommy taking his revenge. I don't know. He's already he's already paid him. That's why he made it back. Did he really? Yeah, that's what that's what it is. The reason the episode is called Gold, in my opinion, is because she's getting the gold treatment. He pays Esme in gold bars, and he's paying these people ten thousand pounds. Which at this point, I think in the British economy is backed by gold. Hmm. So uh, I think it's just a he pays you know the gold in order to try to save her, and the gold treatment doesn't save her. It's just like a little parallel between the two. Hmm. Uh, but I don't think we'll see the Barwells or whatever their names are. <clears throat> I do think that not all of these enemies are going to be resolved at the same time. I think they're going to stagger it. They're, they're going to so, have to. I mean, <clears throat> like we're literally going to have to like drop a body count of like. 10 people on the last episode here of Maybe all, like, all of the the top level villains though we're not talking about like the little goonies or anything like that we're talking about it might it might man i mean remember there's some precedent for this in other shows some precedent a black star day man you can get a lot done on a black star day oh yeah you can that's for sure yeah. let's see what happens let's see what happens i'm looking forward to i think episode four will be closer to episode one I think everybody who was like a part of episode two and three, like in the post production, were like, if they can just make it towards past two and <laughs> just three, just get to four, please. Four, four <laughs> will will start to be the turnaround. Yeah. I think four and five. I think I think one, four, and five will be the best episodes in the season, and six will be good. But you remember, you always have to leave like yeah, twenty minutes for resolution it. at the end. Yeah, not not with the enemies. I'm saying the enemies will be resolved by the middle of episode six, I think. Right, and what you need at the end of that is you need to send every other character off on what they're going to be. Where mm-hmm. are they going? Where do they end up? That kind of thing. Unless you need we about just twenty leave, minutes for that, at least. Unless we just leave episode six off on like a open-ended. completely open ended note, might be. for a potential movie that comes down the pipe. Might be. Might be. I, I still think till this day that this whole series ends on Winston Churchill going to Birmingham for a night with the Shelbys. I think it ends with that. It should still happen. I don't care it's if it's a, open-ended. It's a knock on the door. They're back at the original place where they ran the bookkeeping. And he knocks on the door and says, you know, how's the night with the gypsies? So We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I hope uh, I hope he... he uh, plays a bigger role than he's been playing so far in this season 
I was yeah. looking forward to it after the last episode of last season. Yeah, I think we'll see him in uh, the at least the last episode. But that's all for for this recap of episode three and our looking forward to episode four. Mm-hmm. Let's close out here. Thank you all for listening again. We really do thank you for listening to the show. We've seen an uptick in listeners on the analytics side here, and uh, absolutely, you know, we've seen an uptick in followers, we've seen an uptick in all those things. You know, we're not, we're just literally putting this out there for. And seeing if there's anybody who is interested in the same things we are and trying to push that forward. And we really do just appreciate you taking the time and hopefully you enjoy our perspectives on things. Uh, we do, we would like to announce some other shows that we have up in the pipeline. We do similar type of episodic reviews with other shows, which we've mm-hmm. done with Lupin, which is, uh, or Lupin, if you're like me and just like to say Lupin, uh, on <laughs> Netflix. We've actually done season one both part one and part two if you ever want to look into those episodes and also stay tuned we will be announcing probably in the next episode or maybe the fifth episode of this season we will be announcing what we're working on so that you guys can all follow us and stay tuned because if you're into Peaky Blinders you're into film you're into TV and maybe you're looking for new shows to get into maybe you're looking to kind of do you know some sort of film reviews and whatnot and maybe you're interested in that well we may have something that you might be interested in and you'll learn more about it soon and we'll get you all the information for that but yeah please rate us you know five stars would be amazing whatever the most maximum stars we can get be amazing and uh i don't think you can comment on anything that we do at the moment because we're trying to upload everything to youtube but you know just those reviews really help to get us out there and to raise us up on the on the on the charts and like I said in the previous episode in a very competitive way, put us above the BBC show. The BBC obsessed with Peaky Blinders show. Put us above those guys. I don't know who they are. They're probably great guys. I don't but know who they are. Let's, right? let's be above them. Let's get above them. Just like for the hell of it. Let's just be above them. It'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome, right, Zach? I've got to look up some like, uh, you know, our search rankings on the on the, the podcast and see where we land. But that would be yeah. sick. Yeah. All right. No, no more boring you with any more than <laughs> so Just a quick thank you and uh, just stay tuned for the future. But uh zach please do your epic closeout that i let me get my phone out real quick absolutely perfect go for it all right well thank you very much for listening everybody you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, google Podcasts. you can find us on instagram at story archives you can visit a website at storyarchives.themidnightexchange.com which ties us into our podcast network the midnight exchange you can visit that website there at themidnightexchange.com and there's a whole bunch of links out to uh social media and another podcast over there surprise surprise so anyways thanks again for listening we'll see you in the next one stay peaky